podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome, gentlemen. This is Survival Rivals. Thank you for joining me. And this, I believe, will be streamed on everybody's different platforms. But just to get us started on what will be probably the first of a few, hopefully, we'll see how it goes down. We don't know how regular it's going to be. I don't think it's probably fit for a weekly or a fortnightly or even a monthly. It might just be an international break thing that we all get together potentially and just see where we all are and how we're feeling about things. And we're going to test the waters today. But Joe from Turfcast, welcome, pal. No, thanks for inviting me on. Looking forward to uh, discussing with other fans who are depressed like I am. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got John as well from the Cherries Red Army. How's it going, John? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for uh, inviting us on and uh, and getting this together, Jimmy. Should be uh, should be a good bit of fun. I hope so. And and obviously welcoming Ollie as well from the We Are Luton Town podcast. Ollie, welcome to the show, pal. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks for having me on, Jimmy. I don't know why you invited me, because Luton aren't going down. <laughs> to you three, obviously. We had to get a delusional <laughs> fan on as well as three dealers. <laughs> so the balance had to be right. So thank you for joining us, Ollie. I much appreciate it, pal. So I'm going to talk to you all individually a little bit about how you think your season's gone so far. And as Ollie started us off so eloquently there, how's Luton Town's season gone so far for you, Ollie? As expected, are you... Happy, sad, disappointed. What what's the vibe at, at the uh, at the Kenny? Well, at Luton, we knew exactly what we were getting into this season. We're under no illusions. We knew it would be a very tough season. We we knew that. And you look at our transfer outlay. I, I think the, the fans are happy. Um, it could be an exaggeration to say, oh yeah, we we could have accumulated zero points over the season and Rob Edwards's job would still be safe. That might be a bit of a stretch. Uh, yeah, the, the, the vibe around Luton at the moment is very good. The, the performances have been good. They, they've, they've been battling. There have been no uh, 9-0 absolute smashings. Um, so it's, it's not, not so either. bad. Yeah, well, sorry, was it eight nil or nine nil? I can't remember. <laughs> Move on, come on, keep going. Ollie. <laughs> yeah, like all, all the games other than our first two were very tight, and that's reflected in the goal difference right now. It's not bad, and, and in this international break, we're not in the relegation zone, so that's a win right there. It, it is a win, it is a win, absolutely. I tend to think though that. We are four of, and I'm sorry, John, and I'll come to you next, mate, but we are four of the, the four worst teams in the league. And I appreciate there's an anomaly in there. Everton just being docked some points, which we'll probably come on to in a minute. But how's your season gone from a Bournemouth perspective? Spent an awful lot of money in the summer. Sacked a, a manager who was doing, I would say, very wealthy in Gary O'Neill. And are you reaping what the board of sort of, trying to, trying to progress you as a football club by bringing in a bit more of a, 
up and coming European name. Do you think that were a mistake in hindsight? It's it's going to be a difficult one to ever know what it would have been like with Gary O'Neill, and I think that to be to be very fair to him, he is doing a fantastic job at Wolves in a circumstance where I really did not expect him to do as well as he has done. But he's clearly got something about him. And to be fair, no Bournemouth fan would have said to Gary O'Neill, "You don't have what it takes to be a good manager for the future." We just felt like what we had gone through and what he was producing with the Bournemouth team from last season there were some real limitations he was showing. And in the last four games when we'd stayed up, we lost all four and it was terrible to watch. So it felt like the the owners had made a good call to say that he's trying to move us on in those last few games, get us ready to move up, and then it just completely failed. So he's not, he's not going to be able to do it. So let's bring in someone that we've looked at for the last season and a half for however long they've been looking at him. And, and bring him in to try and bring something fresh and new. And, you know, obviously initially it completely backfired. But I would say that the money that's been spent and a lot of the performances have been very encouraging. And the real issue has been Tyler Adams' injury for basically the entirety of the season because he was the important Jefferson Lerner replacement that hasn't been available all season. So we've had a little bit of bad luck in injuries, but, you know, play a violin for, for all of us on, on that one. So... But but generally, I think it's it's starting to show some positivity. And you know, for a long period where we went without a win, we've now got two back to back at home. A bad defeat, six one to Man City in between. But even that wasn't a six one game. There's there's a lot of positivity coming in the last few weeks for Bournemouth. And um, yeah, obviously we're out of the relegation zone now. And and with a massive game coming up after the international break, which I'm sure we'll touch on soon. Um, yeah, there's a lot of positivity at the moment. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said you weren't the team I was most concerned about in terms of pulling away from us a little bit. But obviously, we've got a chance this weekend to uh, to potentially halt that momentum. Fingers crossed. So, Joe, foot of the table, even with a team in there with a 10-point deduction, how is it being a claret at the moment? <laughs> yeah, the, um, <clears throat> the foot of the table thing, I'm not going to lie. I have just written an article for the BBC and I've gone in. I have gone in on Burnley. I have said to be bottom of the league, and I mean it with the greatest of respect, but a Luton team that were finished 21 points above last season and who didn't spend a penny, a Sheffield United side who, who lost all the, well, two of their best players in the summer, definitely the best player in the summer, and a team that's been docked 10 points is, for me, embarrassing. Um, especially considering we were saying things like, we'll be fine. Burnley will be fine. I remember I did a, a thing for Skybet and one of the, the, the Skybet poll things was um, Burnley are seen as a team most likely out of the free promoted sides to stop up. And I, and I read it out and I looked dead in the camera and went, well, of course we are. Of course we are. You see how good we were last season. And then Skybet has since been back in touch and been like, do you want to do you want to come back and react to the, to the videos that you did? I'm like, oh, well, I guess I have to, but I don't really want to. Um, but yeah, it's it's not been a great start. Five defeats on the bounce since we beat Luton. Um, and obviously, one of them was against Bournemouth, which was a, a hurtful defeat. One of them was at home to Palace, and one of them was away a at Brentford. Now, again, with the greatest of respect to them three sides, to come out with zero points from them three games is, is just not good enough. We are quite away from where we want to be and even where we need to be. But yeah... Uh, a lot of the noise from Burnley fans was, hooray, Everton popped, uh, popped, docked 10 points. And everyone's like, Wait, hold on, just 
14 minus 10. That's four. We're on four. What's their goal difference? Ah, okay. We're still bottom. So, yeah, it's that's the, not been that, the best of starts. Honestly. And, and Joe, thank you for that. And it's immediately made me realise that this has been the right decision because as a depressed blade, you have massively uplifted me with just well, two minutes uh, of an explanation. <laughs> I, I work with a blade. Um, I work in Leeds, so there's, there's a blade there. And every week, obviously, you didn't have a win until recently. And, and we did. We won quite, you know, against Luton, you know, about five, six yeah. games ago. And they were like, I can't believe we're only team now. We are a win. And I'm like, never mind. It'll come, mate. It'll come. And I think Bournemouth didn't have a win, actually. And he's like, oh, there's only two teams left without a win. I'm like, don't worry, mate. Bournemouth playing us this weekend. They'll have a win. And obviously, lo and behold, Bournemouth went and beat us. And the week after, he's like, oh, thanks for that. We're all the team without a win now. And obviously, you've got to go to win and you've got to bubble us. And as I walked in, I went to work yesterday. And as I walked in, Eve were just finishing a night shift and I were coming on to a morning shift. It was seven in the morning and they were there at the door. And he went, hey, we're above you now. And that's one Ben. Cheers for that, mate. Waited for you. He did, I'm sure he did. Sounds like a good lad. Sounds like a good lad. Yeah. Um, does anybody, because obviously we've we've made these plans to get together and we believe it's a league of four and all this sort of thing, but does anybody actually believe that Everton will be involved in, no. in even over the next 10 games, never mind at the end of the season? Because they've got Man United at home next. And Man United, right. they'll, they'll beat all of us three, uh, but Man United are rubbish. Um, yeah. that's where someone comes in and says, hold on, we beat them. I, I, I didn't check. I just, they've beaten us already. Um, and I the think with the atmosphere being, yeah, well, with the atmosphere being toxic at Goodison, like towards the Premier League and, and a unified, Dash, that'll play right into Dash's hands. He'll love yeah, that. I against the world. I, I think they beat Man United and beat him 2-0, something like that. And then they'll probably already be, be out of the drop zone. Can they be out of the drop zone? Yeah. They'll probably yeah, already I, be I, out of the drop us zone. With one win. One win yeah, they yeah. get above us, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same, obviously. But we're hoping for three points at weekend, so they might not go above us. We'll see. We'll wait and see how that goes. But, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be involved in it. The one thing I wanted to to touch on is, and John's sort of giving an interesting answer on that because already I'm going to touch on the managers because I know at Sheffield United there's been back and forth there's been a split basically and I've been in one camp and other people are in another camp that I think we should have made a change I think we've had an upturn since and I'm happy to sort of ride a bit of momentum really and give him benefit of the doubt but John when you were saying that I, I was surprised to hear that the majority of fans were behind O'Neill going and bringing in what was seen to be a more up-and-coming manager as that I know that there's been talk about his job being under threat, but do you think now, similar to us in a way, I suppose, now there's been a bit of an upturn recently, are people now giving it benefit of the doubt, or are you still maybe a change might might not be the worst thing in the world for Bournemouth? No, I, I think um, I think there were definitely a small portion of fans that that weren't happy with the way things were under Iriola for up until maybe you know three three weeks ago, let's say certainly the Burnley win massively changed. I would say a, a lot of opinions, but for the most part, I think there was no the, from the outside looking in. It obviously is like Bournemouth haven't got a win in nine or whatever it was. Um, some bad defeats in there. You're going up. You know the first big game that you've got that you'd say is probably winnable is away at Everton, and you get absolutely destroyed three nil. There's 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 going to be a lot of outside pressure, but I think from the inside, certainly from 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 the guys at the top, 
there wasn't there was no risk of him getting the sack anytime soon. When you look at our first eight fixtures and, and the difficulty of them, yes, everyone's got a roughly roughly even level of fixture difficulty over the first th- over the first twelve games, but our start was pretty ridiculous in terms of eight games in, and I'm like, okay, now we might actually get a point when we played Everton. Yeah, and when you when you as an owner decide that you're going to take stability and you're going to throw it out the window and you're going to bring in this new guy and completely decide that this negative stuff that we've been playing for the last four managers, no, that's got to change and we're going to be more progressive. We're going to press up the pitch. And if you bring in that man and it doesn't, and you throw it out the window within two months, what does that say about your ownership? What does that say about your strategy? So I don't think there was really any worry at all internally about Iriola getting the sack. From the outside, things have now massively improved in the general feeling of the club, I'd say, of fan base in the last three weeks because of the two home wins. Um, and we're hitting a period where there are a few more, few more quote unquote, winnable games. So, yeah, there's, there's a there's a there's a wave there's a wave building at the moment. Um, but, we'll you know, the next game, as I've already mentioned, is is a massive one against Sheffield United. Yeah, I'm not sure about winnable games, but I get what you I get where you're going. Quote unquote, um, winnable. <laughs> Um, Ollie, I'll come to you next, mate. Even though I think it's probably a smoother transition to Joe, but I think you're in a similar camp as us, really, in terms of with the summer that you had and the resources that you did or didn't have, essentially, I assume that Rob Edwards is one of the most safe jobs in the league, to be honest. Any any Luton fans at all not happy with what he's doing? Or, or is he just being given the benefit of the doubt that he got us there unexpectedly? He should be able to see through the season and then potentially go again, even if you do go down. Is that the general feeling? Because a lot of people feel like that about Eckingbottom, to be honest. Yeah, well, his his job is pretty secure. Um, I'd say where the Blades and Luton differ is the reason for our lack of resources. If I remember correctly, last season, when, when we were playing Sheffield United and, and there was that big snow, you guys couldn't even afford to put on your undersoil heating, if if memory serves, and you couldn't yeah, use right. data analytics because financially, I think if Sheffield United hadn't gone up, they were essentially screwed. Yeah, they were they were done. I was going to use a different word, but yeah, yeah, thank you for fa- that. family podcast. Yeah, absolutely um, right. Yeah, um, but. He he knew what he was coming into. Like considering he'd come from you know that lot down the road, he knew he was he was coming here where we operate on a strict salary cap, where um, essentially getting promoted was winning the lottery for us. It immediately allowed us to take fifty percent of the money for going up, ring fence it, use that for the new stadium because we already had some funds ready for that. So that the stadium's going to be built with zero debt. That's Smart. that's absolutely wonderful. Smart. And look, Rob Edwards knew that, that that was the case. But he's still been given a very generous budget. From 1992, we've only spent 32 million pounds and 22 million of that is this summer. And keep wow. in mind from the money that was you know, given to us for game promoted, 13 of that went on building that whole new stand. Um, you know, tearing down the executive boxes, build new stands. So, you know, he, he knows what he was what he was getting in for. The board back him 
absolutely. They, they, they don't care um, if we go back down because with our signings, we, we sign players who, you know, can go again in the championship. Obviously, some players won't be coming back down if, if we do get relegated. You know, the Ross Barkleys, who I must say, best signing out of, out of all our teams, Ross Barkley is without mm. a doubt the best signing that has been made. Your, your Premier League cool, experience. Against it's who? A cool it's yeah, a coup. Cool. It, it was. It was. And came out of nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. The club did so well to keep that quiet. That they made special um special circumstances for his medical. Essentially, they, they didn't even want to move him from where they do the medicals to the grounds for the, the second part of the medical. They did everything in-house because they wanted to keep it absolutely quiet. So no one even had a chance of having a sniff at him. <laughs> sensational Love stuff it. look the club have done everything that they can in their limited budget they're never going to put a gun to their head financially i'm very happy with rob the board are very happy with rob um that if if any fans are saying oh edward's out because of the start we've had they're, they're not luton fans or or they they must be new luton fans because anyone that's been following the club for over 10 years has seen what yeah. what it's like being a Luton fan. I've seen I've seen six relegations. Like you know, I'm not gonna cry if we get relegated. I won't mind. No, you're still in a very good position, aren't you, in terms of where you were this time last year. So yeah, love that, mate. And the one I've been looking forward to asking, Joe, Vincent Company. Is he I'm, I've asked this on a to another Burnley fan and I didn't get a straight answer, I'll be honest. So, Vinnie Company, statistically mm. the worst performing manager in the league, bottom of the league. Is he bigger than your club? Are your club scared to sack Vincent Company? No, I don't think they're scared to sack him. I just I think it would be ridiculous to sack him at this stage. That like Early okay. in the season, 12 games in, after what we did last season, why would you sack him now? Um, Similar to what John just mentioned about changing your style of play and going down that road. That, that's why we've gone for Vincent. We've nothing wrong with the way that Sean Dyche has played play football. I loved it when he was here. Uh, but the last 18 months were an absolute chore uh, watching the Dyche football. Um, but this is a chore, to be fair, at the minute. But um, it's about results, isn't it? But yeah, it'd be, it'd be ridiculous to sack him now. There's a few fans. It tends to be the younger fans um, as well. Um, tends to be seem to be the most impatient. But there's a few fans at the minute currently saying get rid, not, not good enough, not good enough. But they're just the impatient ones. Um, we're trying to do something at Burnley. It might not be working at the minute. We might have to go down again and, uh, and regroup. But we're trying to build a club that plays in a different style, a different way, uh, and has a different sort of um, mentality around it. And not just from the Burnley fans. Like you mentioned Burnley to any of the top six clubs over the last five years. They'd immediately pull the face and go, oh, Burnley, get them out at league, sick of it. All they do is 10 men behind the ball, lump it forward, kick long. 10 bells yeah. of crap out of here. Which, you know, with the last few years of the Premier League, that before we went went down, we didn't get a red card for ages. We were one of the, 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 the what's the word, the, the cleanest teams in the league in terms of discipline. But there was this narrative surrounding Burnley of just get rid, all they do, lump it up, horrible town, horrible club, horrible people. And we just, we want to change all of that. Like the turf's been redone up. All right. It's, <laughs> it's the two stands that need completely building down and rebuilding, but it, it's been done up to a certain, you know, you've got the corners now on the two big sides. 
It's got the LEDs all around it. I'm trying to do something different, and company's part of that. Um, so yeah, any 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 shouts to sack him at this stage of the season after 12 games, after what we did last season, um, is is stupid. I, I would I would rather go down with him and come back. And we did that under Dash, and I'd rather do it again under under VK. See, I'd not. I think that's a, a sensible way to look at it because from the outside looking in, and that's all it is. I'm not obviously. I don't pay too much close attention to to yourselves, other than obviously. <laughs> We want you to get beat like you want us to get beat every week because we're in this survival yeah. fight together. But um, from the outside looking in, it looks as if he's slightly tactically... not Naive is a bit harsh, but have you got the players to be playing out from the back against these world-class players? And is it a little bit naive in that respect that, look, this is the way we want to play. We're going to play it whether we're good enough or not. Can he not adapt a little bit just to, to pull a result out of his backside every now and again I think it is I think it is naive but he's a young manager he's gonna he's gonna make mistakes Dash used to make mistakes yeah. when he was a young manager like, all these young managers they start out they make mistakes like is that's not even the worst the worst thing like the worst things for me are <coughs> excuse me sticking with James Trafford who's clearly in my opinion shown that is is at the minute not good enough for the Premier League I think he will genuinely be England's number one He's going to have to improve a lot, but he's, he's already in the England setup. Is the England under 21 number one? Um, and I think he will be, if he can start improving, be England's number one. But right now, he isn't good enough for the Prem. That's a mistake that Finney's making. At the start of the season, <clears throat> we have a perfectly good left back in Charlie Taylor. He refused to play Charlie Taylor at left back because last season we had Ian Markson, who's a completely different type of left back. We should have signed him. That's a different debate. Um, and then what he kept trying to do, he kept putting centre-backs at left-back because he wanted them to play in a similar way to Martson did, like getting forward, coming inside and that sort of thing. And Charlie Taylor's not really that type of defender. And then at one point, he even put a right-back at left-back and used the reserve right-back at right-back. And everyone's just like, what are you doing? Just play Charlie Taylor. Eventually, he played Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor played well. And we were all like, told you. Told you. Uh, so he's making <laughs> mistakes. Like, and, and tactically, he had, I agree, he has been a bit naive. Um, but there's there has been a little bit of a tweet recently. Like we went four four two pretty much against Arsenal, and it was a little bit of a more solid performance. So he has shown a bit of flexibility. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree that right now in this league we don't have the players. But you know he's had two summers and a, and a January transfer window now. You know he's he's yeah. probably recommending players. I don't know how it works at Burnley anymore. It used to be a case of Dai should I'd pick the players and sign them off, and pretty much drive down there and drive them back. Um, well, I'm not sure it works now. Obviously, company will have a say in it. Um, so if we don't have the players, he's part of the problem with that. But um, yeah, I, I think I think what it is, I think we're missing, because last year we did so well, as, as, I've, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, but last year we had Markson, who we've now lost, and Harwood Bellis, who we've now lost. With them two in the side, we'd probably be more inclined and be better at playing the way we are trying to play, because they're both very good with the ball at their feet. We do miss Teller as well, but that's not where the issues are. The issues are at the back for us. Um, and another one we miss is Murich, who we haven't lost. He's just been dropped to the bench for whatever reason, and nobody knows why. Um, well, we do know why. It's the £19 million that we, that we spent on Trafford. Um, but yeah, th 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 there, is some, there is some naivety from Vincent. Like, not, nobody's saying that he's done nothing wrong. It's just, yes, he's made mistakes. He's going to make mistakes as a young manager. He needs to be given the chance. He's got enough credit in the bank for me from last season, but he needs to be given the chance to... To hopefully see us click and hopefully see us uh, push on, but the sounds are at the minute that if that is going to happen, it ain't going to happen soon. Okay, 
No, that's fair. Thank you, mate. So um, next question is is one of the simplest questions I can ask a fan. But I think because of the situation we're all in, it's good to hear from those closest around us to, as to what their opinion on it is. So I'm going to ask you each, who you think your strongest player is and who you think your weak link is? Because obviously we'll all be looking out for these weak links going forward and we'll be looking to press on those. And I'll start us off because, I mean... It'd be lazy for me to say somebody like Gus Hamer. I think he's probably been our best summer signing in terms of the deal that we got him on. Um, he's not quite clicked in our team, if I'm honest. I'm going to say our best, or our, our, the player I lay the most hope on is Cameron Archer. Because I think if we were to stay up, he will play a massive part in that because he will score the goals to keep us up. If we feed him in the right way, I think he will be the man that can fire us to safety. It's a big if. It's a big if at the moment because the creativity is the problem for us. The weak link, well, I, I, you could set your pick, to be honest. But mm. I, th I think depends who's fit, because at the moment, the problem we've got is a lot of players are out injured. We've had players like LaRucci in the team, who I don't rate, he's our left wing back. Oliver Norwood can sometimes be very poor, although other times he can be very, very good. Vinny Souza hasn't sh quite shown the promise that we thought he might do. Wes Fodderingham sometimes come on, comes under a lot of criticism. So... And players that you thought might have done well, currently out injured at the minute, but Anel Akhmed Hodzic, who came and he was a fantastic player for us last season, did really what Joel and all about him from that 5-2. But right centre-back, he was absolutely immense last season and he's just not got to the same levels. So there's a few weak links that I can throw at you, to be honest. And I, I can elaborate if you think it's necessary. But, Ollie, I'm going to come to you first, mate. Who's your strongest player and who's your weak link in the team that you're worried about? So I, I, I'm really jealous of the fact that you've got Gus Hamer because I think he's a sensational player. It's such a shame that Agreed. he's not working at Sheffield United. I know he that Luton offered he for him. Uh, he'll click. He, he's so good. He's so good. He has yeah, he, he has swears on the ball. He, he's fantastic. I know Luton offered three million for him, which is an absolutely pathetic um Classic. That sounds like a Burnley bid, that. Yeah, That's that, a Burnley bid, that. Gary Sweet bid. We're, we've never bid over a million for a player like in the history of Luton Town, and then um, and then we get all this money and we just don't know how to how to bid. So I think his plan was to bid three mil and just go up in like five hundred thousand increments every week, potentially. But it was obvious that Hamer was going for like close to twenty mil. Obviously. Um, Strongest link, I'd say it's in the midfield area. I, I would say Ross Barkley because he gives that he gives that extra dimension to how we play. Because I'm guessing you've all watched Luton Town play. We love using the wings. Um, you know, we, we play three of the backs, so we have wing backs that are, that are very vital for how we play. We we've tweaked it a little bit this season with you know, playing a 3-4-3 three, three, so we can sort of shoehorn Ogbeni in as, as a as a winger instead of a wing back. Um, but Barkley is, is our strongest link in the sense, and our most vital player in the sense that he'll allow us to play through the thirds um, as opposed to just spamming crosses and then hoping Carlton Morris gets on the end of them. In terms of a weak link, I, I was going to say probably our defence mainly because of the injuries that we've had, but you look at our goal difference and, and how many goals we conceded since uh, since the opening two games. We're actually doing quite well at the back. Um, other than that Burnley goal, like Lyle Foster's goal against us was 
piss poor. Just one ball straight. Far through. too high up. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but look, that happens. I, I'd say our weak link is up front because with our <clears> new <throat> formation, we can only play one up top as opposed to last season where we played two. And as you saw at um, at Bramall Lane last season. Elijah Adebayo and Colton Morris, they work so well together, but we've had to accommodate. So I'd say our weak link is up front. If I had to actually pin it on a player, I I don't like pinning it on players, but I'd say the weak link is the fact that we can't play Elijah Adebayo with Morris. The, the problem is the depth we have up top, as in the options, if Morris were to get injured, we would be screwed absolutely screwed i don't know where the goals would come from maybe elijah adebayo would be able to offer that but he gets sucked in and works in the build-up too much and then we have jacob brown and corley woodrow oh my god like we're we're, we're screwed if colton morris gets injured we're done we're absolutely done so yeah that's the weak link <laughs> so i'm interested in that but i, I mean i i thought tom Lockie might be in weird shout because i think he's a good player I really like the look of Tom Lockett. How has he adapted to well, Premier League? As the weak link. <laughs> no, no, no. I like I like him as a player. I, I just, I didn't know whether the step up would be too much for him because I think he's quite slow. But other than that, I think he's a very good player, well-organised, hard nut, and sticks it sticks his foot in. So how has he adapted to Premier League life? He's an absolute warrior, but you've also hit the nail on the head there. He's slow. Look at yeah. the Lyle Foster goal. He got muscled off the ball too easily by Lyle Foster. Um, he has a tendency because he plays in the middle of the three, he gets sucked in and then he can't get back. Um, he's not your classic plus six foot centre back. Yeah. Yeah. He'll still he'll still give it a go. Um, he'll chase anything down. Like the goal against Everton was sublime because he saw Ashley Young dilly dallying on the line. He chased him down, charged the ball into the net. He's an absolute warrior, but it, it's, you know, it's a step up. Like our defense has been doing well as a whole and Lockyer has been the only one that hasn't been injured, which is vital considering he is the club captain. Yeah. There's still true. time for it to all go Pete Tong though. Like he's the only defender that hasn't been injured. I'm, uh, I'm still surprised Ryan, Ryan Giles haven't been getting in regular to be fair, but I mean, that's, that's another conversation in it, I suppose. But Yeah, yeah. Um, he came. John. He came with very high standards and thoughts. Everyone was saying it'll be great, but he's been kept out of the team. That's it. Five five million quid. I think it's it's a safety bet for you, isn't it? If you if you do go down, then he's a great championship player. He's proven at championship level as a wing back, so I think he's a safe bet to be honest. So, John, mm -hmm. strongest player, weakest link for Bournemouth. Um, well, considering the amount of money that we've spent. Uh, you would hope that it'd be one of those players that we brought in, but I don't think it's really going to surprise any of you that I say our strongest player at the moment and probably most vital by a mile is Dominic Solanke. Um, yeah. Six goals, one assist is, you know, has scored more than half our goals, is absolutely vital in starting the press, in linking up play. He's got even better at dealing with aggressive centre-backs, which always used to be a weakness. He got muscled off the ball far too easily against a lot of the best centre-backs in the division. But even against Man City, he, that was we lost six one. But that was his best game I think I've seen him play for us because he, he, he did he had the better of Manuel Kanji, who's one of the best centre backs in the league. Um, so um, yeah, just 
Solanke has been rumoured that West Ham are going to come back from. I was going to say, will it be a shame to see go to West Ham? They, well, they bid forty million for him, and we turned it down. They'd have to bid eighty wow. plus for us to even consider it. I reckon because if we wow. lost him, I, I that we've our, our chances of going down just skyrocket because you know it's it's not key, the answer is not Keith Moore to the question. What do you do without Dominic Solanke? So. Yeah, although I, I do want to put in a, a a shout as well for a player that won't be with us for very much longer, which is Lloyd Kelly, who has had a really tough go of things at Bournemouth and has had periods where he has been very harshly treated by the fan base for many reasons outside of his uh, outside of his own instructions. Um, but he he has been like he's been so good for us this season, so important for when he plays, our defense looks five times better. Um, he's been playing left back a little bit um, just recently, but even as, but whether it's centre back or left back, he's just he's been absolutely immense for us this season, um, and is vital in terms of um, uh, in terms of weak links. Um, I mean, the massive one which I've already mentioned is the fact that we don't have a proper DM. Um, Tyler Adams has been injured; he'll be out for another three months um, after getting surgery again on a hamstring injury that he'd previously had surgery on. Um, at least I think that's the case. But regardless, he's been out for a long time and will continue to be out for a while but having said that lewis cook has been has excelled more recently in, in that dm role when he doesn't get himself sent off stupidly for headbutting another player so um i do think lewis cook has actually filled in brilliantly in that in that role for the time being so that one has been a bit of a concern i think um at center back we've got a lot of youngsters there that are concerning at times Zabani is great one-on-one -on -one in the air when he's when it's an open play or from goal kicks, but at set pieces he is wildly just out of sorts at actually keeping keeping in touch with his men. Um, but he's only 21, so he's still got a lot to learn. In fact, I think he might be 20 still. He's very young, regardless. Sinesi loves to run out of position. Kirkes loves to run out of position, which is why Kelly's been playing there. We've got a lot of youngsters at the back, and it's and it's and it's a little bit concerning, and it doesn't help that the goalkeeper has a tendency to punch and punch very badly. And that's been something that's been on the minds of a lot of Bournemouth fans, that they are very frustrated that every goalkeeper that we've used so far this season just cannot seem to back up his defense well enough and just pick the ball out of the air and just allow the team to breathe. Far too many goals this season have come from goalkeepers punching crosses not far enough and then the balls come back in and they've scored. The fact that it's happened two or three times is two or three times too many. So, um, yeah, there's, defense is definitely the more concerning area for Bournemouth, without a doubt. Um, not, that we, not that we've scored a bunch, but we look okay going forward. We look very shaky at the back at times. Um, so, yeah, there's a, a lot of experience that still needs to be built into that side. Okay, okay. Um, thank you, mate. Just on a personal note as well, how is David Brooks doing in his recovery? I appreciate he's, he's technically fully recovered, but obviously in terms of getting his form back and getting back to those levels where he looked like he was going to be a real... He, he was taking the Premier League by storm for a six-month period. So how is he doing in terms of his recovery? Yeah, I would say that he's now fully fit. I mean, he started for Wales in their most recent game. Um uh, at the time of recording uh, against um, Armenia um, yeah. was quite unfairly hooked at halftime, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, he's he's been a little bit unfortunate in because at the start of the season, in pre-season, I thought he was going to be my um, 
he was my surprise package for the team. I really thought he he scored quite a few goals in preseason, looked really exciting. And then he's just not really got the game time. And I think part of the reason for that is that he's... Antonio Iola very clearly wants a very physical presence on the wings, on both wings, as much as possible. Um, that's not always 100% the case, but he, he doesn't look like he quite fits in what Iriola wants from right mid. Yeah, he's, he's very sly, um, isn't he? Whereas I think up number 10 is probably going to be his best position, uh, but he's not really getting the opportunities. So hopefully... Um, hopefully he will get that opportunity soon, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens in terms of uh, in terms of what the manager time uh, manager starts putting in from the start. You know, I really hope he does because I think he can really impact the team. But at the moment, there's just so much competition; he's just not getting the game time. But uh, fingers crossed, happens soon. Yeah, agree, agree. Good stuff, Joe. Strongest player and Sander Berger. <laughs> you say that I've been very impressed with Sander in his last few matches he started off quite poor um, and got a lot of criticism um, but in the last three four matches he's probably been one of our better players um, but for some reason we're still playing him out of position um, but he's got better whilst being played out of position which is another one of my gripes with company um, <clears throat> I'm like you take your pick for the weakest um, if I had to choose a weakest I'd probably go Dakil, um, and I feel harsh saying it because he's a young lad, but um, he's been getting exposed in the Prem. Um, he's just he's just at the minute not good enough for this level. I think it's a confidence thing. Um, I think he's come up and you know we played City and you know teams like that straight away, and I think he's just been like wow this league, and I think his confidence has has fallen through the floor. Um, as I said off camera at the start, I'd, I'd give him a run out of the out of the team, let him get some confidence back, have some time to himself. Keep learning the game, keep improving. Because uh, again, he's going to be a good international. He's, he's already in the Belgium setup, and I think you know he's going to be knocking on the door of, of starting for Belgium. Well, he started for Belgium in their most recent game at the time of recording. Um, so I think he will eventually, as he gets older, be one of Belgium's main, if not main, centre back. Um, strongest. Um, I mean, for weakest, there's a few shouts. I could have said Trafford um, as well. Uh, Cullen, as good as he was last season, I think he was the Championship Player of the Year. Um, he's been quite poor. We're getting overrun in midfield, um, which is a worry. Um, strongest, I know he's not playing at the minute due to um, his uh, mental health issues, but I'd, I'd go with Lyle Foster. He played very well before this, uh, and it's a massive blow for us. Obviously, the most important thing is that Lyle gets better, uh, but it's a massive blow for us. He, he was the one that was that was kind of like half dragging us up. Like we wouldn't have won the game against Luton, for example, without. First of all, his goal and it's just his presence up front because that's that's what he can do. He can do that very well. And now we've got, you know, I love Jay Rodriguez. He's from Burnley. <clears throat> he's a Burnley fan. He's been at us across two spells for quite a while. But he's just playing Jay Rodriguez up front in the Premier League in 2023. It's it's it shows why we are where we are. Um, and there's been shouts to bring Jack Cork in as well, which I don't have an issue with. I've been one of the people leading these shouts, but the fact that he's being discussed to start a Premier League match in 2023 is again the reason why we are where we are. And this is a club that spent over 100 million pounds in the summer, um, but we we yeah. spent it all on up and coming potential rather than players that can then come straight into the side. So I, I would have gone with Lyle Foster, um, but with him having you know a, f a few 
a few issues in a few uh, games um, away. I'd also like to give an honourable mention to Luca Colliosho. There's been a lot of um, debate about whether he's good enough uh, at the minute because he doesn't have an end product. But if you look at the stats, he's creating the most big chances in the side. Probably got the most assists. I'm sure someone will comment telling me how I'm wrong with that. People always do. But you know, it's 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 his shooting that that gives it the the impression of he doesn't have any end product. He does need to work on his shooting. Um, but even against Arsenal, like we scored the goal because of his work. Um, he had Diego Dalot on toast against Man United. You know, these are you know seasoned Premier League fullbacks um, that that is that he's been beating, and he he's another one. He, he will be fantastic. We've got all these players that will be brilliant. They're going to be yeah. brilliant. But right now, <laughs> there's just there's just something missing within our side. And that, that's experience. But um, yeah, probably go allow Foster with an honourable mention for Luca Colliosho. Um, but for the worst, I probably have to go Aldakil. And I do feel bad saying it because I said he's, he's young, but he has been exposed this season so far. It, seem, it seems like a similar strategy to what Southampton adopted last year, where they just spent so much money on potential and you can see a lot of great things in the young players that they bought, but they just weren't ready for the level. And obviously they yeah. suffered relegation because of that. So yeah, I don't, as long as you can hold on to the majority of them, if you do go down, because you might not, but if you do and you can hold on to some of them, then, you know, it's certainly financially, yeah. you're going to be absolutely fine then, aren't you? And, and even if you can keep hold of some to play for you, then, then they'll come on. Yeah. You know, you like, know. Look at what we did last season. Yeah. We got relegated, not last season, the season before we got relegated, but we lost talk, like, talk sport, the sun. I know they all fall under a certain category, and I'll have to be careful because I am on the talk sport <laughs> podcast network. Um, but they, I, I know I know they get a lot of grief off of certain corners. Um, but talk sport, the sun, the mirror, the mail, all of them were saying when Burnley got relegated, oh, they could do a Leeds, they could go straight through. And yeah, we got were. rid of the players it. of high value. We sold Dwight McNeil, you know, we, right, we lost James Harkovsky, but we got him off the wage bill. We sold Corney, we sold others. And we invested it very, very, very well. And there were shouts of us winning the, uh, sorry, beating uh, the Reading record. Obviously, we just fell short uh, to come the end of the season. We had a fantastic season. And it'll be the same again if we go down. Like, we'll have players that we'll be able to sell on for a lot of money and then buy good players again. Um, or if, if for example, we keep... Could you imagine Luca Colliosho in the Championship? It, it'd literally tear it apart. Like There would be more shouts yeah. of, of breaking what will probably be Leicester's record by the time if we go down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think even if we go down next season, um, we'll probably win the Championship for the third time in a row that we've been in it, but we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Do you know what I think is... Um, <laughs> to, to hopefully give us all a little bit of comfort, because whichever... Three of the four of us ends up in that spot because I think it will be three of the four of us, and I think we'll all have our own opinions on where that lands. It's so evident that the gap between the Premier League and the Championship is so huge at the moment, and the three that go down will be so much stronger than the majority of the league, particularly if like Leicester and Leeds come up. I can yeah. see it being another one where at least one of us will be a Leicester. A second one of us may, will more than likely be a Leeds. And obviously Southampton have got some momentum now as well. So I, I think we will all be, whichever three it is, we'll all be fancied next year to bounce straight back again because that gap's just getting wider. So in that regard, Joe, in terms of the gap that we're currently facing, how are you feeling going into West Ham at home at the weekend? <sighs> It's, 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 I've been, I've, I, what I will say is I've been enjoying the international break and I've not watched any <laughs> international football. 
Um, last season, I hated international breaks. This season, I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Um, but you know what it's like as a football fan? Like, I left that Palace match absolutely despondent. Like, like how we can't even beat Palace at home, who, who did nothing. They just sat back and and, and sought to pressure up. Two defensive mistakes at the back, concede two goal. I left that like thinking, yeah, we're not getting out of this. We are not getting out of this. But, you know, it's a, a better performance against Arsenal where you expected to lose and then two weeks break and suddenly you're like, hold on a second, if if this happened and that happened and you start thinking to yourself, maybe, just maybe. Um, yeah. they, have, they have some injuries as well. So who knows? My worry is James Ward-Prowls. I don't know how many of you saw the goals against Arsenal, um, but they were literally all crosses onto a, a head. James Trapp is yeah. stuck on his line, not coming out to collect it. And it's just, he will... He will he will do some terrible things to us with them corners and them free kicks that the defense will be all at sea and, and and I do worry a lot I do worry a yeah. lot um, but it's not even it's not even just that obviously we've got West we've got our next two games we have to minimum get three points minimum West Ham at home and some I can't remember who it is some terrible team after that uh, it's Sheffield United for those that don't know <laughs> so it's West Ham and then Sheffield United then even after that like I can't remember off the top of my head but even after that oh, I've got them up here actually. Even after that, so you've you've got to win minimum one game out of them for me to, to then get some momentum. Then you've got Wolves away, who yeah, most people would look at that and say Wolves win, but still it's you know a team outside the, at the traditional big six, who you know have been beaten this season. Then Brighton away, who yeah they might be a very good side, but they're struggling with you know Thursday weekend, Thursday weekend they've lost some games. Then it's Fulham, uh, sorry, then it's Everton at home, and then it's Fulham away. So there's the next six games. Minimum, we need nine points. If if on the 23rd of December, we've lost our sixth game in a row, which would at that point be the ninth game in a row, like, I'm not going to have a Merry Christmas, lads, I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so, But yeah, st- starting off West Ham, I do think we'll struggle with Ward Prowse corners, but they have some injuries. So we'll see. Then, then we're going to need to start getting some momentum. So I- I'm not hopeful for the West Ham game, but you know that little niggle in the back of your head of... No, they've got injuries, maybe. Well, Prowls might pick up yeah. a niggle as well, you know, something like that. But yeah, I, I'm not expecting much. But it, that that's worrying that I'm saying that going into a game against a side that, you know, they're okay, they're a decent side. But I'd always fancy us against anyone outside the top six at home, whereas now I, I just don't. Yeah, it, it's the hope that kills you, pal. That's that's mm. the old saying, isn't it? So, yeah, true. So having said that, if we do lose all next six matches, which would then obviously be on the back of the current five in a row that we've lost... At least by Christmas, I'll, I'll know that we're done. So there won't be any hope after that. That's true. That's true. Ollie, entertaining Palace at home. What's your thoughts? Can you do it? So Can I'm you get, a, get three <laughs> points at the Kenny? Yeah, so our performances at the Kenny have been very, very good. Um, so with the Liverpool game, it was only Diaz scoring in the 95th minute that stopped us from grabbing all three points, really. Um, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at... Palace's form, like they, they've got four points from their last five games. I just hope that they come to the Kenny and try and attack us. If they come and attack us, that means we can counter. And and there's a chance. There is a chance. Because they're they're not ultimately in great form. Um we got a lot of injuries though. Like Chiowog Bene, he he didn't play for Ireland. Um, because he's apparently got a knee and an ankle issue, so every Luton. Oh, I see, I see your eyes just lighting up there, yeah, yeah. Um, Such yeah, so we're bricking it, we're bricking it because 
Chirwog Bene, the fastest player in the Premier League this season. He he's so vital for us. It, it might mean Ryan Giles gets a run out. To be honest, um, if Ogbeni is not ready, that means that our left side will be quite great, but defensively very lacking. I, I'm just having flashbacks to like Eze tearing us apart for QPR three seasons <laughs> ago. It, it it was pretty bad. He's a huge difference maker, Eze. Yeah, he, and he's he back. Previously yeah. as well, so yeah, yeah he's, he's back. So Alice good. is back. I do fancy her. If you're gonna, we saw this as a, a must win, and we and Palace beat us. But if if you're gonna get three points at home, Palace are the sort of team. And he, I know what Joe's saying about West Ham, but you probably don't expect to beat West Ham. You might have done earlier in the season, but when Palace come to town, it's a team that if you catch them on an, an average day, you could beat them. So yeah, I hope but, I'm wrong, but I, I fancy yeah. her. The way I saw it at the beginning of the season, there are essentially two leagues in the Premier League. There's the top 10 and then there's the bottom 10. However, you know, you guys were talking about how the, the gap between the Championship and the Premier League's never been bigger. The, the gap between the bottom 10 and the top 10 has never been bigger in the Premier League. It, it's it's insane to think about it. So we're, we're essentially in a mini league. Everyone from 13th down... Or maybe even twelfth down. I feel Wolves have done us done us all dirty by going and beating City and going and beating Tottenham. They, they, they've I'll done us all it. dirty. It's like every, everyone from twelfth down. That's the mini league where we we need. They're not must wins, but they're must not losers. Essentially, points that we have are points that the opposing team doesn't have. Anyone that you're playing in in the top eleven or top ten. If you get points off them, that's a bonus. But, you know, immediately going into the season, you have an L in that in that column. So us getting a point against Liverpool, where in reality it, it could have been all three. Yeah, I, I feel yeah, we're getting into the must-win territory now. And Palace, this is the first game where they're sort of in touching distance. Over the course of however many games, I forget in the Premier League how many you play. Over the course of the rest of the season, it, it's you know it's coming. It, we've yeah. got to win it, and it's the Kenny. It'll be packed. It's got to happen. Up the Eagles, um, John. <laughs> John, the big game at the weekend. What you th what's your thoughts, mate? Um. Yeah, I. <laughs> Without, without, without wanting to throw too much shade um, in the direction of yourselves uh, and the Blaze, Jimmy, it, this is a game that we should be winning. Like um, as, as as much as you know, we're obviously in a in a tough. We we've gone through a tough spot, and like I said, we're starting to climb out a little bit of the situation. Um, you know, we're still on the nine points. You're on five points. It's a big game. Now, admittedly, going away from home. I would be perfectly happy with a draw um, coming coming away there. I mean, I remember, um, admittedly, obviously circumstances have changed, but I certainly remember this fixture in the championship, the season we got promoted. We got we managed to miraculously scrape a nil-nil draw in that one because we certainly didn't play well, um, although that was just basically Parker. But it's um, it's it's a game where you look at Sheffield United's form, has started to turn around with the results that you got recently. 
but we've obviously done really well in the last few games. Having said that, our away form is is one point all season from our five games on the road. So this definitely could go either way. Um, and having not watched a lot of Sheffield United this this season, I I don't know how we're going to play this, and I don't know how aggressive Sheffield United are going to be. We want to be on the ball a lot more than we have in the last few seasons, but we have at the times looked very dangerous on counterattacks. So by being the away side, I'd like us to try and sit in a little bit more and hopefully hopefully catch you with a couple breaks. But I, th- I think this game could ebb and flow a lot over the course of 90 minutes. So it'll be, it'll be, it should be a fascinating for a neutral and, uh, and we'll be... Uh, um digging our nails into the uh into the seats as we watch along <laughs> i um i can't tell you how excited i am for this game i am really looking forward to it and to think i'd have said that two games ago would have been ridiculous <laughs> we've just got I, I, I know that joe said they've got wolves and brighton coming up after these next two we've just got four points out of those two games and i think that's the most we could have hoped for and it's come at the wrong time for you guys. And, and to be fair, it's the first time I've not liked an international break. It, you know, I've enjoyed the previous one. I wanted the momentum to carry on. As a Bournemouth fan, you'll have been the same, wanting to ride that momentum into the next game. So, yeah, you're coming in six points, I think, isn't it? Two wins on the bounce. But you've got the worst away form in the Premier League. And yeah, we West. will, yeah, we will be well up for this game. I'm sure you boys will be as well. But like you say, I think it all comes down to how you approach the game because if you, I don't know, I think if, if you come at us, then we could we could potentially roar, roar onto a victory here and that momentum will bounce us nicely into Turf Moor. And uh, we could be looking at a real turnaround and I try not to get too, too excited about it when I'm talking about it because... It's the hope that kills you, mate. It is correct, pal. <laughs> correct and very well said. A wise man once said that to me. But um, yeah, so I'm ridiculously excited, mate. I cannot mm. tell you. So the more I think about it, the more excited I get. So I'm gonna. I'm conscious of time. I'm going to ask you one question uh, to finish us off each. So I want you to tell me what you think your. Well, I'm going to ask you two questions actually. I'm going to ask you what you think your chan- your team's chances at this very early stage are of survival. And of the four teams represented here, who is a definite for relegation? Joe, I'll go you first, mate. I think survival for us is probably 50-50 at the minute, and that's being ambitious. Um, like I said, I, I left I left the Palace match thinking, I can't see us getting out of this. And if you'd have asked me then after that, I'd have said we were probably the most definite. But for us, I think it's 50-50. I think out of the promoted sides we probably have the highest ceiling if we fulfil our potential. But whether that comes or not is a different debate. Um, so Definite, I, I, I don't want to sound harsh on anybody, but I've been forced into this question. I'd say the only yeah. definite at the minute is, is well, nobody really, but if I had to choose somebody, I'd probably just go Luton. And I, I don't know, don't know why. It's either Luton or Sheffield United, because I can't pick myself. I'm not going to pick myself anyway. And Bournemouth, <laughs> Bournemouth worry me more than anybody, as you said, Jimmy, at the start of this. I think yeah. if Bournemouth can pull away and pull away quite well. Um, but yeah, I'm sure Raleigh will be used to that. Ollie, thoughts on that? So, so where did you say that you can't pick yourself? Because <laughs> you can. Well, pick I, yourself. I said, I said I can't. And then I said, well, I won't just yet. 
Ask okay, me again okay. In the next so international break in March when we probably already got an R next morning. So Luton's <laughs> chances of survival and who is the most likely of the four of us to to definitely be relegated? Look, our chances of survival are better than Burnley's. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> definitely not. Um, I stand by the fact that we have the highest ceiling, but whether it's it's, it's whether we get to that. The highest ceiling, yeah, because you out signed a bunch promoted. of nineteen-year-olds out of That's the three promoted it's... sides, yeah, yeah easily, yeah. Sure. easily, sure. If, if you say so, um, I'd say <laughs> it's look, it's tough because there are four teams currently going, not going for relegation, in the battle for relegation, and I, I can see Bournemouth sacking their manager. I, I can see that. Because you know they they've shown they're sack happy. They they got rid of Gary O'Neill when he was doing he was doing amazing the new stuff. Watford. Yeah, well, you know, not quite like Watford take it to another level. It looks like Watford have turned over a new leaf. Um, this guy Ishmael's doing a terrible job there, and uh, half the points that Rob Edwards had, Rob Edwards was out the door after eleven games. Whereas they, they've extended his contract. I, I don't get it. It's, it's Watford logic. It makes no sense. They're, they're idiots. They won 5 0 at weekend, but. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really check their scores anymore. Because, okay. um, you know, don't bother with them. Like, what are they? <laughs> um, I'd, I'd say it's quite bleak for Luton. Because, uh, look, it's, it's a tough league. It really is a tough league. I know everyone's giving it everything. We're we're doing our best to stay in games. We're doing our best to try and nick games. I look, I think it's a toss up for if I have to say a guaranteed person going down. I feel Hecking Bottom has to go because otherwise Sheffield United are going without. You know they're going down with a whimper. Um, quite frankly, I never rated Hecking Bottom as a manager. Sure, he did well last season, but that was because your squad was just stacked. You had such a good squad last season. Anyone could have gone in and got Sheffield United promoted, quite frankly. Uh, Hecky Bottom's managerial career hasn't been that great. I'd say, if, if I had to pick someone, I'm not going to pick Luton. I'd say right now, I'd still say Burnley, to be honest. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. John? Bournemouth's chances of survival and who definitely goes down? Um, well, I'd say pretty good now. I mean, um, heck, there was an there's if anyone cares, there was an Opta article that came out today and certainly looks like Bournemouth are doing pretty well in terms of the the odds on that one. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say there's only you know we've got a much better than fifty fifty chance of, of staying up at, at, as things are currently. Um, and, you know, Joe went through his next six fixtures and Bournemouth have also got a really nice set of next six fixtures, um, provided we get some decent results from them. Sheffield United, Villa at home, Palace away, United at home, which is probably our best chance ever that we're going to get points there. Luton at home and Forest away. So, you know, the next time we speak, things could be very different or they could be um, disastrous, uh, depending on what happened there. But, um, yeah, I'd say that you know we're in a really good position now um and i think that things are looking up as for the ones that are most likely to go down it's 
it is difficult because there's a case for all three of Burnley, Luton and, and Sheffield United as the ones that are most likely to go down. Um, but I think that I could see things changing at Sheffield United and I could certainly see things improving. I think Luton reminds me a lot of when Bournemouth first came up. Obviously, the money is a slightly different position, but there's there was such a wave of euphoria that follows a team when they've been in the position that Luton are in and the Bournemouth were in. Um, and that can take you a long way. Um, and Bournemouth, obviously, against all odds, when they were predicted to finish comfortably rock bottom in every single table people predicted, Bournemouth still managed to survive relatively comfortably in our first season in the Prem. So I could see Luton doing it. The team that worries me most in terms of like being down there for a while is Burnley. And the only reason for that is because when you look at teams that have gone up and then continue, then done well, or teams that have been expected to do well, Fulham kept it going because they had their outstanding striker. You can see Brentford managed to do fantastically well because they changed the philosophy. They knew what the things were going to be different and yeah. they changed things around. Look at all the teams that have done well, that were brilliant in the championship. Burnley have taken what they were doing, not changed a thing, and taken and not built it with ex Premier League experience. They built it with promise. And until things change, which I don't see happening, because like Joe mentioned, it would be a bit silly to get rid of Vincent Company when he does have such a reputation, when he has the ability to clearly do well in the championship. But it's just not working at all in the Prem. It's very kamikaze. And until thing until that changes, I don't see Burnley getting out. So at the moment, they're the ones I feel are most set to go down. I completely agree, to be honest, with, with the majority of what you've said there. I think we have got, in terms of Sheffield United surviving, we've got a huge challenge on our hands. I'm very uh, optimistic with our recent turn of form. I'm still not 100% convinced by Eke. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. A lot of people would agree with you, Ollie, in terms of, that was a great squad that he had there and, and we could have really expected to win the division if Burnley hadn't been so outstanding and that's exactly what they were. But I think Burnley are going to be the ad absolute team to finish rock bottom. And, and I'm not saying they'll finish rock bottom, but they are the most likely to be relegated in my eyes at the moment. And like Joe says, they have, I'd swap a lot of their players for us in, in certain positions and things of that nature. It's not that they've got a bad squad. It's just I think they're so pig-headed in terms of how they're going about things. I think they will stick with company no matter what, which in the long term, like Joe said and like John's touched on, it's probably a smart move because he will lay the foundations for a different Burnley. But that may have to come with relegation because the players at the moment aren't quite ready for the league or it certainly appears as though they're not. I still think Luton will go down, but I think you'll go down swinging. I think you're doing a lot of things that Chef United want to be about and, and have been in historically in terms of giving teams really rough, tough games and beaters. We're not as good as you, but you're going to have to come and, and play well to beat us. We're not going to lie down for anybody. And I think Bournemouth might just pull away, which will be our toughest challenge. We'll be keeping in touch with Bournemouth, which is why I think the game at the weekend is absolutely vital for us that we go and get three points. And I think the players will see it as the same. We need to pull within a point of Bournemouth. Otherwise, they could seal the ceiling in on the three of us if we're not careful. So, yeah, Everton, I think we'll pull away like we touched on. I still think it's a league of four, but lads, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's you've selfishly, you've lifted my mood. 
particularly yourself, Joe, in terms of... Yeah, I'm going to say, that, that's probably me that's done that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till that BBC article comes out. I've pretty told you oh, just oh. of it already, but I better get some stick off Burnley fans for it. Mate, mate, you link it to me and we'll uh, I'll, I'll share and repost. Don't you worry about that. So, yeah, thank you, boys. Just before we go, will you let everybody know where they can find you? Joe, we'll go with you first, pal. Yeah, so just Turfcast, Turfcast podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, even TikTok, even Threads. Not that I use them too that much, but you can find us pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, just search Turfcast podcast. Thank you, pal. John? Yeah, we're Cherry's Red Army on YouTube uh, and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, those are the places you'll find us. But uh, yeah, very much mostly uh, YouTube, where, where we're active and um, producing our weekly videos to give you a review of what Bournemouth have been doing over the weekend and the previous week. Ollie? Yeah, uh, you can find We Are Loose in Town on Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Reddit, Telegram. Um, and you can find the Walt podcast on Twitter. Don't really use YouTube too much because no point in growing that. Um, <laughs> that's the spirit yeah 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 well you know only in the premier league once maybe um yeah well, thanks for having uh, us on jimmy no worries thanks for having uh, thanks for coming lads it's been very enjoyable much appreciated we are of course the blade ramble and thank you for joining us today if you're not already please do like comment share subscribe all that good stuff and to all the lads channels as well uh, you might not support the teams, but let's support the channels. We can at least make them smile, can't we? So, uh, <laughs> come on, you red and white wizards. Put the blades. Sports Social Podcast Network.